This is Ursula Hogan welcoming you to Scar News Extra on Scarif Bay Community Radio, where we feature interviews which go into detail on some of the events in the news this week. Smith O'Brien's GA Club have now reached the final of the Intermediate Hurling Championship with a victory over Tulla last weekend. After the game, Scarif Bay Community Radio analyst and a member of the Killaloo backroom team, Brendan Foley, came to the commentary point and gave Leo Doyle his thoughts on the match. Brendan Foley, Falta, August Cogardas. Thanks, Leo. Brendan, you know, as a proud uh, Killaloo man, I think of all my years that I've seen Smith O'Brien's play at Holland and played against him once or twice and came out in the wrong end of it, that was the, the second half to stay there of Smith O'Brien's was the best I've ever seen. And that even concludes with the time that you were involved when you wanted yourself. But the second, maybe from the second half in the final when you pulled it back in the very same pitch. But today, what a performance of Smith O'Brien's into the intermediate final. Yeah, Leo. Um, you know, we knew coming into today that we just had to get through that door. No matter what way it was, it was a pint, two pints, we just had to get through that door because we've knocked on the door too many times in semi-finals. And I know you can go back to the hurt date last year, but there's been a lot of heartache over a number of years at semi-finals. And, you know, I think the players have showed a lot of maturity. Um, they showed that, you know, when the battle was put up to them, that they were ready for it. And I think, you know, go back to the match with Tubber, I think that was the foundation of today here because that was a battle it was a battle in the last quarter and when you win battles in 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 latter stages of matches and when it when it's when it's put at you like i think we dominated that total second half i think for a long period of that for first quarter Tull didn't even get the ball into our full back line our half back line got dominant mikey o'shea had an outstanding game eddie burke i'm not going to go in mention individuals but collectively as a unit that worked hard and you know we got our scores at the right times and we needed them. We clawed it back at half-time. We were happy enough. We weren't happy with some of the decisions. Maybe we only got one free in the whole half. We were questioning what were we doing wrong. Um, I think it was 8-1. That was the stat we had for the freeze. But look, to, to a man, they, they fought tooth and nail. Like, you know, it was a tough, tough game here today in, in, in tough conditions, conditions. In tough conditions, you know. And... Like coming down the stretch, you were always fearful there was going to be a goal or something that was going. Something with these conditions, something can can silly can happen. But I thought again, coming down the stretch to to uh, to close out the match, we we, we done it well. And indeed, I suppose look at you. Don't, I know you, you mentioned one or two individuals. You could name them all. Every one of them, they all played their part. The subs even played their part. I think though, for me, the, I know you meant Eddie Buck, but to score the better Herman when he all his experience, a ball he had no right to win. After the wing back O'Gorman, he turned him with the body and turned his left hand side over the bar. To me, that was the point that put Killaloo in. Well, when when that score went over, Pat Minow turned to me and he says, Fall, that's old school. It's old school, but that's old school, know, but says, old school. And that's experience. But old school is wise, is, is, is wise Brendan. Exactly. And, and, as, exactly. You, as you well know. Yeah. Look at Brendan, you took the heart of last year. Look at great credit to Killaloo last year. When they were defeated by Scarif in the semi final, the night the Scarif won the final, they were all up and they were getting ready for 2021. Maybe not at that night, they were you know, they were, you know talking about it. They were, there's a great unity about this Killaloo team. There's, uh, great, you know, there's great camaraderie there. You got back into action, you're improving. Brendan, St. Joseph's to the win, we'd be no pushover. You know, you've not won it. No, there's not. There's, look, Leo, as I told you before, we're taking one match at a time. There's no point looking miles ahead down the road. You focus on what's in front of you. When we got into the quarter final, uh, we, we, we got the draw to his tubber. After that match, it didn't matter. You knew you were going to have a tough match. Tuller was the opposition. You just get ready to go again. And again tomorrow, it's going to be a titanic battle between Rowan and St. Joseph's. And you know, um, look, 
we can sit back tonight, but there'll be no clapping on the back. They'll be back in the field. Uh, they could be even back in the morning, I'd say, for a bit of recovery work. And uh, I'd say Monday we'll be training because, you know, no matter who comes through that, it's going to be a, a titanic battle. It's going to be a titanic battle, but look at for tonight. Enjoy the, the, the celebrations. I know you don't celebrate it too well down there, and you've not the one as of yet. It's Kit Smith up, Brendan Foley. Smith O'Brien's into the final. Congratulations. Thanks, again. million lads. In a close and exciting game, Scarif captured the Junior B Hurling Championship last weekend at a beautifully appointed Glen O'Meara Park in Broadford. At the presentation, Scarif joint captain Matt Horn spoke to the crowd present. We have to let. I'm not ready, but uh, I said to myself, "It's bad luck to make a speech before a final." But so this could go anywhere. But just on behalf of Scarfshire Bridge, any day you come off a winner against Gilly, Taikyo, Tommy Lady, all these boys is a good day. And uh, what a game! Never want to go through that again, lads. So <laughs> ten minutes to the bridge. Um, To Flan and the umpires and linesmen, thanks a million. Super game, you let the game go. That's exactly what we wanted and the bridge wanted. So thanks a million, Flan and officials. Um, just to Broadford as well. I know it's been a hard couple of weeks. And we have two very important men in this club, Aina and Tony. Um, never miss training, match, nothing, no matter what was going on. And just on behalf of the team, the club and everyone else, we send our condolences to the O'Brien family. And just... Just on that too, I, I don't know, is there anyone from Gullinaw here? A lot of these boys are friends with poor Jerry McMahon. We send our condolences to Gullinaw as well. It's been a hard night for him. Um, to the management, oh, oh my God, I don't know what to say. From one-to-one phone calls... Stats, video analysis. Oh, Jesus, there's no junior team in Ireland that has the setup we have. <laughs> or a senior team, even at that. Um, just unbelievable to. I know when the phone rings at home, Amy goes straight away. That's Brian Hart, anyway. God, I know what your own wives are going through. So, thanks a million to Brian, Paddy, Shane, and Rob is with us at the start of the year. Unbelievable, lads, and bigger and better things for you. I know well there is. And just on that, there's a backroom team of stats and video analysis and all that. Thanks to E. Thanks to Michelle Mack. She's ringing during the week there. Is everyone right? She does an unbelievable job for the club. Thanks to Michelle. Michelle. And I have to thank Johnny Colleran. Why he was put through Sunday, Monday, Tuesday trying to organise this game. He does an unbelievable job and, and long may it last, Johnny. Um, to our own club, the committee, and the people of Scarf, you can see the facilities that we have. It's beginning to show now with the players that are coming through. We're starting to win. Long may it last and keep it up, lads, supporting the club. It's unbelievable. She's an excellent mystery. Oh, these boys here, Scarf Bay Radio. I know that some people can't come to the match. You do an unbelievable job, and it's good to see Trasher on board as well. <laughs> And just to these lads too, um, Jesus, unbelievable. Some of them missed out last year and been part of an intermediate. They put shoulder to wheel this year. Jim, whatever had to be done. And um, anyone that's involved in the uh, subs or whatever, tomorrow's another big day. And uh, 
hopefully we'll get another win on to another final next weekend and we'll see you on Scarf tonight for a few points. <laughs> The Irish Seed Savers in Scarf are holding a Halloween Children's Nature Camp from the 26th to the 29th of October and their education officer, Liz Bacon, spoke with Jim Collins. Now, Liz Bacon, uh, education officer at Irish Seed Savers, you're very welcome to Scarf Bay Community Radio. Thanks very much, Jim. Liz, you have uh, an event next week that uh, I think a lot of people are looking forward to, a Halloween Children's Nature Camp. Yeah, yeah, so we're starting that next week. We run um, we run camps throughout the year at different breaks, school breaks usually, midterm, Easter, summer, things like that. So our Halloween camp is running next week from Tuesday to Friday, the 26th to the 29th of October. Now, we are fully booked already, but... Um, we, yeah, we're going to be running it for those four days and uh, we've loads of things planned. So we actually can't wait to get, you know, back to that sense of normality now and have everyone back on site. Yeah, it is It is terrific to, to think that we are on the way back to, as you say, that kind of normality. What can the participants next week expect, uh, Liz? So... The camp that we run, it's run by myself and another lady, Ashleen, and we're both our school leaders. So that kind of underpins, that's like a main thread, really, that flows through the camp. And um, like a lot of the activities that we do, they're all about nature connection or about learning. I mean, we spend the whole camp up in the woodland, so it's about learning about our native trees and our flora and fauna. We do a bit of animal tracking. We use learn how to use different tools, Um you know, even knife work, we cook over an open fire. We learn how to start a fire as well with the little kind of, you know, flint, the little magnesium rods and um, learn about different knots and uh, den building, foraging. They get to cook over the fire themselves as well. And there's a lot of um, opportunities to kind of sit around the fire space as a group and we, we get into quite interesting discussions. You know, there's it's a real kind of they're very there's a real kind of maturity that comes along with it because I think the group uh, feels very they have a lot of independence and they're treated as as you know they're treated kind of as um, adults in a way. You know, they're handed over a lot of responsibility. They're really being encouraged to learn how to self risk assess. We think that's really really important in a very well-managed, safe environment, but allowing them to figure out, oh, is this, you know, is this safe to do? Is this not safe to do? Where is the line? You know, so it's, it's um, very much inspired, actually, if you can go back to the 1800s from Rudolf Steiner. That was very much a part of of um, his, he, he was a pioneer of that kind of idea. So we're the forest school has kind of come from that. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like the, the children, apart from the benefits they're going to get, they, they it sounds like they're going to have a great time. Yeah, yeah, we just get such amazing feedback, you know, even from um, some kids that we had on the camp in the summer, like they booked on straight away, you know, they couldn't wait to kind of come back for the Halloween camp, so... Um, yeah, they get a real sense of, you know, the group dynamic and the teamwork and I'm always just blown away when I hear them, um, the cooperation that goes on, you know, or, or, yeah, they just seem to work so well together. They work as a team and they build really long friendships and like, they exchange details when they, when the camp comes to an end, you know, yes. you hear them scribbling down each other's contacts and stuff. So, 
Um, yeah, it's a really special experience. And I suppose, fantastic. I suppose, Liz, that you know, children uh, these times aren't they? They don't grow up as close to nature as their parents or certainly their grandparents would have. So it's it's probably a, a new experience for a lot of them to be immersed in that environment for a few days. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's. That's one of the things that really inspires us to want to do this work because we sometimes have, you know, children that come and they don't really have access to much natural environments. So they get to come and spend a week in the woods and a lot of the the activities that we plan is about building a relationship to the natural environment. And, you know, they'll have a favourite tree or they'll have something that they feel that they've connected to in that amount of time. And when they come back into that woodland, they know every nook and cranny and they feel like it's their own, you know. And that really, I think, in terms of the work that we do, it's about um, it's about the next generation, you know, and it's about that sense of stewardship or, uh, on, of the natural environment. And we think that really the forest school and the, the forest school ethos and the camps, it really helps to foster that, you know. Yeah, and I suppose... I mean, there's obviously a lot of talk, you know, at the moment and there are various campaigns uh, going on to persuade all of us and our governments around the world uh, mm. to take climate change more seriously. But I suppose mm. uh, the, the, the course like this will give them a, a practical connection to their environment, which perhaps will make it more real for them. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I read a study there recently that um, it was saying that the the outcome of the study was that if children hadn't the opportunity to really build meaningful connection before the age of seven, that it's actually very difficult for them to have that as they get older. You know, that it's something that becomes kind of conditioned and ingrained in them from a young age. So, you know, going forward, yeah, we are having a lot of focus on this loss of biodiversity and the changes that are happening in the environment. So, it would be fantastic to, you know, have 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 a really resilient and and uh, inspired generation coming that's that's willing to kind of protect and and care for the environment. It'd yes, be fantastic. Mm. Great stuff. Well, I mean, we wish you the best of luck uh, over the week, Liz, and the uh, the children as well who take part in it. Tell me, what else uh, can we expect as the year goes on from uh, the your section of Irish Seed Savers? Sure. So we um, we are back up and running our workshops for schools, so primary and secondary schools. We've already had a few on site, and they are our autumn workshops. So they're running kind of we kind of run them until the end of November because there's a lot of outdoor. We have kind of four different parts to it, and a lot of it is outdoors, so it can get a bit chilly. So we usually finish up around November, and we can be contacted at um, at education. Um, at seedsavers.ie if anybody wants any information on that okay. you can contact me there and then uh, we will be running more camps will be coming next year Easter in the summer and we're also about to start piloting online school workshops so that's going to be interesting that'll be our first time to be moving into that domain so that should be happening in November we'll be running a pilot program for schools so online workshops that, that come in <laughs> through online um uh, to schools and then we have a live kind of a master class then it's a yeah yeah of course so for for many years in. you have been hosting schools uh, and even hosting teachers 
at, at Irish Seat Savers in various right. courses and uh, day workshops. Mm, yeah, exactly. That's right. So, I mean, our focus our focus is on not just on nature connection, like with the camps, but a lot of what we do and what we try to um, the information that we're trying to share is about seed, is about pollination, is about biodiversity. Is about native trees and kind of bringing an awareness into the into schools around that, and also growing, you know, having gardens in schools, growing food, saving that seed of of heritage, Irish heritage crops. So that that's a lot of underpins the work that we do. Okay, I know we before the lockdown, I know we did a, a show live from uh, Seed Savers, uh, Geraldine and myself, and we we spoke to yourself indeed. Mm. Tell, how how has the year been now? Uh, for Irish Seed Savers this year? Yeah, you know, like for most businesses, like for most most places, it, it has been um, very different. You know, this is, I mean, we, this is our first time to have our schools back on site in two years. It's been, uh, so it's been very different, but it, it has given us the opportunity to focus on other, getting other projects off the ground. Like, for example, we have the... Um, the online workshops that have the content has been built for that and they're getting ready to be piloted now and probably wouldn't have had an opportunity to do that. So there's been a lot less people on site. You know, we haven't been able to have our volunteers, but at the same time, I suppose, you know, we've been missing that. We've been missing the public coming on site and walks and talks that we gave and things like that. But the, the place is looking fabulous now. The garden team has just done an absolutely amazing job and we're back open to the public now. So if people are interested in coming on site, they can come and have a look around. So it's been different, but it's um, it's been productive too, you know. Yes, I know, but I suppose you won't mind everybody being able to visit again and the of as course. you as you say, the normality coming back uh, to hopefully to a greater rather than a lesser degree. Mm. Okay, Liz Bacon, uh, education officer of Irish Seed Savers. Uh, thanks so much for coming on Scarif Bay Community Radio. Good luck again with next week. It sounds fantastic and hopefully both yourselves and the children who attend will enjoy it. Thanks so much, Jim. Lovely chatting to you. Okay. Thanks, Liz. God bless now. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. You have been listening to News Extra on Scarif Bay Community Radio. Join us again next weekend and we will keep you updated on local events. This is Ursula Hogan for Scarif Bay Community Radio.